Happy New Year. I trust that the Lord blessed your New Year celebration. Uh, bless my wife and I. We were in bed by 10 o'clock. It's really interesting that the place in which we live, which is a retirement community, as most of you know, uh, it's called Atherton, and they have their New Year's Eve party at 2 p.m. <laughs> and it doesn't go on for like 10 hours until you celebrate with, uh, with all the others at midnight, but it ends at 3 p.m. So I was tempted to go. Uh, and so people go, they have that wonderful, raucous time, and then they go and take their afternoon nap. So that's life at the place in which we live. And I want to thank uh, Sunday and Bethany for presenting the song and worship to the Lord. How beautiful. That was the first song that Sunday ever sang at our church. So Twyla Paris wrote this in around 19, I think in 1990. And she, Sunday sang it a couple of years thereafter. So she was just barely out of her teens. And it took quite a bit of convincing to have her actually go up in front of the whole church family. This was at the Rosemead site and uh, sing. And uh, then later on, Bethany followed suit, and she began to, to play and sing for the Lord. Uh, earlier, when, at the very beginning of my pastoral tenure, Shirley Ogata began singing. In fact, she started singing as a teenager. But again, her whole family didn't even know she could sing. And uh, the reason why I'm sharing this is some of you have gifts that the Lord has given you, has given you talents, and you're reluctant to, you're reluctant to use it for the Lord. And just think if Sunday and Bethany and Shirley were so reluctant to use their gift from the Lord that the church family would not have benefited all these years. So some of you are sitting on gifts that need to be used for the kingdom's sake, whether it be here in the church family or perhaps overseas somewhere, as God may call you to a missions field. And uh, I've, there's already a, a couple of young people that I think have, are gifted vocally to sing. And I've been encouraging them someday to sing. I wanted them to sing before I retire. I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, I remember encouraging, um, uh, um, I, I have encouraged like several kids. Uh, Amy Machida, well, she's not Machida anymore, but Amy, she, I had her, she had her sing at my, uh, I think it was my 25th anniversary, uh, pastoral ministry anniversary. And again, I, she has a marvelous voice and now she uses it prolifically for the Lord. So it's not just that. Maybe you're a painter. Maybe there's some sort of fine. You, you play an instrument. It was wonderful to hear the young people, uh, well, actually, they're all ages playing for the Christmas Eve service, using the gifts that God has given them in the area of instrumentation and then playing on behalf of the Lord and giving glory to God. What a wonderful thing to see and witness. So if you have a gift that you believe God has given to you, but you're reluctant to use it, let me encourage you, use it, and God will bless it, and he will multiply it. So uh, God's blessing upon you as you consider that. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12. Let's all rise for the reading of God's word. We'll look at three verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this promise you made to Abraham and how that promise transcends generations. It even affects and impacts us as your church today. Thank you for that, Father. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations that are upon my heart 
be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. This morning I'm going to briefly uh, review two teachings in the area of a blessing. You can refer back to our archive messages for a more complete representation of what will be shared this morning. But I wanted to make sure, as I enter into my final months of ministry here, that these two concepts are at least clear in our minds, and that it's something that I'd like to see continued, uh, not just in our church family, but in nuclear families throughout our church family. We'll begin with the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. Now, this is a covenant between God and Abraham. Well, let's turn again to Genesis 12. Hopefully you're still there. Look at verse 2. This is the actual covenant. And I will make you a great nation. Isn't that a great blessing to be made a great nation? He's just a man right now with just a small family. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. This is a promise that God makes to Abraham, and it's repeated more than once in the Old Testament, as sometimes Abraham is frail about keeping his end of the bargain, but God is always faithful because remember, God is a promise keeper. He's never a promise breaker. Now there's a command in this covenant which requires obedience. It's found in verse one. I'm not gonna go over that this morning, but look at it. There's certain things Abraham needed to do in order to receive the full benefit of this blessing and covenant from God. Blessings almost always require some kind of obedience on our part. Now, what's a blessing? The word blessing means to kneel. It describes the posture of the recipient of the blessing. It means to kneel. Some, some form of the word occurs almost 600 times in the Bible. So it's a concept that is well understood and well known, especially in the Jewish culture. Now, blessing means two things in general, two things. Favored status to the one receiving the blessing. Favored status to the one receiving the blessing. And two, the bestowing of prosperity and success. Now, I asked some time ago, Peter Sukahira. He's a friend of our church family. He spoke at two of our church conferences. Uh, Peter is a, uh, is a shepherd of a messianic fellowship in Haifa, Israel. And he blessed us twice. To, in fact, he preached a couple times from the pulpit. I met him in seminary a long time ago, and we've maintained our friendship, uh, even though he's now an Israeli citizen and pastors and shepherds a messianic fellowship there. And I think, Dan, I think we, will, we should take off the pulpit for this. All right, we'll bring down the pulpit. So I asked Peter if he would give us an understanding of blessing from a Jewish and Hebrew perspective. So this is Peter. Hi, this is Peter Tsukahira. And when we talk about blessing from the Hebrew perspective, we need to start with the understanding that those of us who are coming from a Western background were deeply influenced by the Greek way of thinking. And the Greek had a dualistic approach to life. They separated the physical from the metaphysical. They separated the body from the spirit. Whereas the Hebrews are much more holistic. They understand that man is body, soul, and spirit, but you really can't divide one from the other. And so when we come to the Hebrew perspective of blessing, blessing has to, there are physical aspects to blessing. There's, there's a, a touching, a, a, a laying on of hands. There's a posture of blessing. Uh, there's a, 
there's a relational aspect to blessing. There's something that involves your soul and your feelings. And then there's a spiritual impartation that goes along with blessing. And the three are kind of bundled into one. We understand that blessing in the Bible comes from the greater to the lesser. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 7 says, without dispute, the, the greater blesses the lesser. So this blessing comes down upon us from above. This is captured in the Hebrew language in the words that are used for blessing and for kneeling. Blessing is barach, and your knees, or to kneel down, is berach. It's the same three consonant root word that is the, these are the building blocks of the Hebrew language. Paul the Apostle captures this when he talks about the greatness of God. In the, his letter to the Ephesians, he says at one point, for this reason, I bow my knees to the, to the Father above, okay, who is the Father of all peoples. So he captures this. That we, in order to receive and to respond to the blessing of God, we bow down before God. And this really is also captures the Hebrew understanding of worship, which has to do not so much with singing, but it has to do with bowing down, honoring, yielding, and submitting to God. In Genesis chapter 27, there is a powerful story that really captures the giving and the receiving of blessing. And it's the story of Isaac and Jacob. Uh, Isaac is advanced in years and he's lost his sight. Uh, as a father, he wants to give a good blessing to his older son. Uh, and in, in uh, Genesis chapter 27, Jacob actually comes in in his brother's place and steals his brother Esau's blessing. Um, but if you follow this story carefully, there is this physical aspect. Uh, the, Isaac, as the father, he wants to reach out. He wants to touch his son. Uh, he wants to kiss his son. They, they embrace. There's the physical side. And of course, it's relational because this blessing is being given from father to son, from generation to generation. It's following relational lines that have been established by God over a period of time. And then there's a spiritual impartation. There's an impartation of authority and of power, of goodwill and of fruitfulness. This kind of impartation that, that goes back to the very first blessing in the Bible, when God created mankind, he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And so there's this blessing of fruitfulness. And all of this is contained in the blessing that is given from the father Isaac to his son Jacob. The impartation is given and received. And so when Esau comes in later, he finds that there's no blessing. He can't receive the same blessing. He has to receive a different blessing because the blessing, even though it was meant for him, has already been given. The impartation has already passed. In the Bible, there's an important form of being blessed and receiving a blessing in order to be a blessing. So we receive in order to give. We see this powerfully in Matthew chapter 23, at the end of the chapter in verses 37, 38, and 39, Jesus stands on the Mount of Olives and weeps over Jerusalem, over the capital of his people and over his nation. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you killed the prophets, you stoned those who were sent to you, but how often I wanted to gather you the way a mother hen would gather her chicks under her wings, but you were unwilling. 
See now, your house will be left to you desolate. For I say to you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes. This is, he's quoting from the Messianic Psalm, Psalm 118. And in Hebrew, it sounds like this. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Baruch, this, this again, that, that three consonant word. Uh, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So what he's saying to Jerusalem is until you, you Jerusalem, until you recognize and receive me as the one who has been blessed by God, as the one who's been anointed by God to be the anointed one, to be the Messiah, until you recognize that and until you receive me as Messiah and King, you will not be able to receive the fullness of the blessing that was intended for you and it was intended for you to pass on then to the other nations and the other families of the earth. So here we have the, the Hebrew perspective on blessing. It's a holistic blessing. It has physical elements. We reach out our hands, we lay on our hands, we embrace, we, 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 uh, we reach out to others physically. It has relational aspects. We understand that the blessing flows through relationships and the network of human relationships that are established by God. And there's a spiritual impartation of power, authority, fruitfulness, and the goodwill of God, the shalom, the wholeness of God is imparted through the blessing of God. Now, Peter recorded that the middle of last year. And I put in the request at the beginning of last year and, and uh, he was able to do it middle of last year. And uh, you notice he hasn't aged a bit. Must be life in Israel. <laughs> First thing I looked at was the background. I said, boy, he is all ready to go with to do a video. And I noticed, man, Peter hasn't aged a bit. And um, he's a good friend, a good friend of our church family. But he really encompasses all the things we've been teaching over the years regarding a blessing. And it's nice to know that we conform to the Hebrew understanding of blessing. Now, why did God bless, Hebrew, uh, bless Abraham? Why did God bless Abraham? Now, God says he's going to bless Abraham for a specific purpose, and Peter addressed this uh, in the video that we just saw. So why did, Abraham, or why did God bless Abraham? Look at Genesis uh, 12, 2, the fourth part of it. He says, and so you shall be a blessing, so that you shall be a blessing. And Peter talked about how uh, it, was, it enabled, he wanted Jacob to become a blessing to all the other nations, which was a seed, through the seed of Abraham. Look at Genesis 12, 3, the third part. And you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the idea is God blesses Abraham so that God, Abraham can then use the blessing to bless others, including many other nations. Here's a summary statement we've been utilizing in our church family. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. We just celebrated Christmas, right? And they call um, Mary as one who was blessed, the Blessed Mother, or Mary was blessed by God. So why was she blessed with God, by God? What did she do with the blessing? Well, she gave birth to the Son of God, who went to the cross, was raised from the grave, and as a result, anyone who receives him receives that blessing, which uh, Peter also referred to. Fourthly, blessed to be a blessing and the Great Commission. I wanted to associate these two things. We're blessed to be a blessing and remember the Great Commission. 
Matthew 28, this is the great commission of Jesus to us as his disciples. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now the calling of the Great Commission is to make disciples. That's the primary verb there. And there's, there's three participles, going, um, baptizing, and teaching. Those are the three elements of making a disciple, going, baptizing, and teaching, with the purpose of making disciples, having people confess their faith in Jesus Christ, and then growing into maturity in Christ. And we are called as a church family and as individuals to, to be a blessing to others with the blessing we receive through Christ Jesus in the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And one of the ways in which... Um, you know, we really can grow in this area that we're offering here at our church as a class called Perspectives. It's, being, it's going to start next week. After, after service, be, you have lunch, and then you'll have a, a class to attend. And in the class, you have a lot of guest lecturers that are, that are really tremendous who come in and, and share and give a perspective of God's perspective on the world and on the nations. And uh, rather than me try to explain it, I'd like you to watch this video. Now, we heard the representation of the class by people that we don't know, but who, uh, who represent the Lord, and they really uh, did a, a fine job with it. But I thought it'd be nice for us to hear from one of our own who took the class. So we're going to have Gail Jow come forward, and she's going to share a few thoughts about perspectives from her perspective. Good morning. Um, I had the privilege of taking perspectives last spring. And I know I've spoken to quite a few of you, and I know there are people who have taken this before, but I think there are a lot of people who are very intimidated by this class. And so I wanted to share that it is very, very doable. Um, it's enjoyable, and it's a huge blessing. Um, I know it's very hard to give up 16 weeks. It's on Sunday afternoons. I know Sunday afternoons are prime nap time. I mean, it is, I know, for me as well. But, you know, even when God, when you give up something for God, I mean, even if it's a sacrifice as small as a much-needed nap, God really blesses it, and he will bless you as he did for me. He is very faithful, and he will teach you uh, things that are amazing. Um, and now, even when I read the Bible today, I see over and over what I've learned in, in this class, how God says, I did, I did these things so that they will know that I am the Lord and that all the nations will glorify the Lord. One thing that was a real blessing to me in the class, as they mentioned, is that you really get to know other people. I got to know people here at Evergreen that I had not known before and um, also other Christians from other churches in Southern California. Um, we ate food together, we interacted in class, we chatted before class and, and during our breaks, and even after the class was over, we all went to someone's house and had a big potluck. And um, I think God is really all about relationships uh, because he is such a personal God. Um, the video also mentioned the speakers. They were amazing. Um, I would go home and tell my family, I, I wish you could have been there to hear so-and-so share. They were dynamic, and they shared powerful, personal experiences. We learned about God's plan for people from the very beginning. We learned about the history of the church and about the history of missions, 
of church planting, of building bridges between people, and so much more. The video also mentioned the reading. And I have to admit, it, it looks very intimidating. Um, I probably shouldn't even show this to you. It, it does look a little intimidating at first. Um, but again, it is really very doable. There are some people that might be called to take it for college credit and do all the projects and read the whole thing and do the final exams. But I think there's a lot more of you that are like me. We um, don't need the college credit, and I, I'm not sure that we want to take that whole huge chunk um, of reading. So they've, they've really made it very accessible to everyone. So there's the college credit, then there's a certificated one, and then there's the key readings. So as you're going through, as you're I'm going through, and I'm doing the lesson, I've got a couple pages, and then it says, conclusion of key readings for this lesson. It's like, oh, I can stop here. I don't, you know, I, I, this is very doable. I can do this. And it's really, for me, like I said, it's very um, easy. It was easy to do each week. And the funny thing is, as I was going through it, and I would read a couple of articles, and I could stop right there, and I would go, wait. This one sounds kind of cool. And I would go through, and I actually read a lot more than I needed to. Because these are, um, I like to read, I don't really like to read textbooks, but I like to read about people. And I like to read about uh, personal experiences. And so many articles on, in, these, in this book is about people. Um, these missionaries, these frontline missionaries, these pioneers of the church um, planting movements, and I, I, would, I would tell Kent and I would tell my daughter, you gotta read this one. And I would, I would put a little post-it there and open it up and make them read it because they were just really, um, it just really makes things come to life. So um, finally, I just want to remind you that God is doing a work throughout the world. He's moving throughout the world and he invites each one of us to be a part of it. And that's how personal he is. He lets us be part of his history we get to be part of his work. Perspectives can open your eyes and your heart to what God is calling you to do, whether it's across the world in a foreign land or right here in San Gabriel Valley or Orange County, wherever you live. So I encourage you to go see Alan at the table after service and sign up, and better yet, grab a friend and take them with you and go sign up together. Thank you. So as Gail mentioned, there's a sign-up table outside of the sanctuary, outside of the lobby. Classes begin next Sunday, and you have up, actually up to the second uh, class to sign up. Scholarships are available if, they are, if you are needed. And then there's also going to be child care if needed. So pray about it. Now, I think it's a wonderful class to take, and it would be nice if everyone in our church family eventually took it. We're blessed to have it actually on campus. So Ellen Pereira puts in a lot of work and energy along with a team of people so that we can host it. But we do need a minimum number of people. And it'd be a shame not to be able to offer the class because we didn't have enough sign-ups with the church as large as ours. So prayerfully consider signing up for perspectives. All right, fifthly, and I'm gonna just go through this really briefly because you can reference a, a, a message we've delivered in the past regarding this. How to give a blessing. One of my hopes is that you continue to bless uh, people around you, you bless, especially parents blessing their children. So how do you give a blessing? First of all, touch them significantly. Touch them significantly. Turn to Luke 3, 22. Luke chapter 3, look at verse 22. 
This is Jesus being blessed by his Father. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him bodily, in bodily form, like a dove. So when the Father blesses the Son, there was a significant touch of the Holy Spirit. Whenever I bless my kids or my grandkids, we make sure that we touch them. We usually put our hands on their forehead and we bless them. Secondly, speak into their lives specifically. Look at verse 22 in Luke 3. And a voice came out from heaven. You are my beloved son. There's tremendous power in the spoken word. And so this is a time of, of speaking into the life of your child or whoever it is that God chooses you to bless. Whenever I do a baby dedication, I intend and I hope to speak directly into the life of the child that's being dedicated. Thirdly, you affirm them. Affirm them. God, the Father says to the Son, in you, I am well pleased. These are words of affirmation. And so our blessings should include words of affirmation. That's one of the things that I think children need to hear on a continual basis, and how wonderful it would be if they were to hear it on a nightly basis. You know, affirmation encourages people. One of the things I enjoy in the weddings that I do is we have letters. We ask the couple to write letters to parents. And it's, it's a, it's just a, I get to see the parents' faces, and they get affirmed at their parenting and how they love the bride and groom that are standing before me. And uh, it's just such a time of, of tremendous blessing. It's really a blessing from the couple to their parents. Fourthly, give them a sense of the future. If you look at Luke 3, 21 to 22, later on in the text, you see that after Jesus' baptism and his earthly, his earthly ministry begins, and the Father begins to give him, the Son, a sense of his future ministry. Uh, if you're ever elected to an office, they'll give you a gavel as a representation of, of the office that you hold. And that's what the Father did for the Son. And I know of a parent that kept telling their children, you're going to amount to nothing. And those are not words of affirmation. And sometimes they become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Speak words of affirmation as you bless the ones whom you love. And fifthly and finally, point to God as their source solely. Point to God as their source solely. All right. God the Father is the one who fulfills the blessings. John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, the moment you say, God bless you, or may the blessing of God be upon you. And whatever you say thereafter is something that the Father, that God the Father will do through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Each first Sunday of the month, um, we have the immense privilege of being able to take communion. Uh, Peter Sukhira spoke in his, his video uh, communication to us, and, and we share over and over again that the blessing of salvation is incredible. God sent his son for the express purpose of blessing us, blessing us with salvation. And when we fulfill the Great Commission, it's our way of taking that blessing and blessing others. And so in a few moments, we're going to be partaking communion. If you have met the Lord Jesus Christ and have confessed him as Lord and Savior, you're welcome to come to the table. As you do, please use the center three aisles. Center three aisles. And today, uh, this morning, because it's a, it's a single service, and because we also have prayer ministry, which is, will be a blessing time, if you could just sort of sit in your seat and meditate, worship the Lord, and as the line gets shorter, then join it. Because on this particular Sunday, sometimes the lines go all the way back, and then they begin to merge together. So if you can just patiently wait, sit before the Lord, maybe wait till there's the, it's half empty, and then fill the lines, and the ushers will direct you where to go thereafter. 
So after communion, then if you will go to either side of the sanctuary and receive a blessing. This is the time for the impartation. And I'll, uh, they'll ask permission to touch you, and they'll say a word of affirmation, but they'll um, well, asking the Lord to impart something to you, some sort of spiritual impartation that takes place. And this is the reason why we do it every year at the beginning of the year. My personal desire is that every family, every person in our church family receives a blessing, some sort of impartation from the Lord, right? uh, as represented by those who are be praying over you. So there's a time of communion and a time of blessing. You may receive a blessing as an individual. You can go to, on your own for after communion to receive a blessing. And when you go as an individual, you may ask them to give a blessing to your family who's not here. You may, if you like to receive a blessing as a nuclear family or with friends, Please come up together for communion and the time of blessing. Please come down the three center aisles to receive communion. After partaking communion, go to our prayer ministry teams on either side of the sanctuary to receive a blessing. Please give them your name. Now, the college ministry uh, ministered to us by giving us a name tag. Uh, because they're in college now, it is a legible name tag. <laughs> now, if you happen to place your name tag on your hip, because that's cool. Could you remove it now and put it someplace where they can read it? It's really awkward to, before you say a blessing to go, let's see, uh, oh, David, yes, David, let me bless you. All right. So put it someplace where they can see it, all right? You don't have to put it on your forehead. That's, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, give them your names or present your names via the name tag and allow them to have a moment of blessing. It will be relatively short. Most blessings are fairly short. You see in the, in the scriptures, even the blessing of the patriarchs over their sons, they weren't long blessings. It doesn't have to be long. And you just say a words of affirmation, you say a few words over you, and, and then the Lord does the rest anyway. It's really the Lord's blessing that we're asking to, for, to come upon you. So come down one of the three center aisles to take communion. If you're going to take it as a family, if you're going to receive a blessing as a family, come down as a family for communion. If you're with friends, same thing. If you're by yourself, praise the Lord that you're here and that you're going to also receive communion and a blessing and just make your way to either side. And we'll just see what the Lord does during this time. It's a real special moment in the life of our church family, a Sunday when we gather together to receive a blessing. Let's pray as the servers come forward. Lord Jesus, we thank you so very much for coming to earth. We just celebrated your birth, for which we give you thanks. And now, Father, we get to experience a time of communion and a time of blessing. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross to die. We thank you that, that you, you endured suffering and pain, and you did so because you love us so very much. Thank you that ultimately you died on a cross, but you didn't stay dead. You rose from the grave, conquering death. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Holy Spirit. Now we ask that you bless this time of communion and this time of blessing. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you will indeed bless this time, bless our lives, that we may be a blessing to others.